welcome to the Stay at Home School Mom podcast. My name is Ginny Suford, and I'm joined by my co-host, partner, and good friend, Mary Ellen Barrett. And today we're talking about a subject that was brought to our attention by actually college admissions directors and professors, time management. Yes, you will be shocked to hear this, but in fact, your kids, when they hit college, do miss deadlines sometimes. <laughs> but first, before we get into that, uh, I'd just like to thank Seton Home Study School. They're a great friend of the podcast. They're our primary sponsor. Uh, Seton Home Study School is a Catholic provider of homeschool materials, as well as being a fully accredited distance learning school that has been graduating students for over 40 years. They've been incredibly successful. Seton grads are admitted to the most competitive and prestigious colleges and universities in the United States, including the military academies, the Ivy Leagues, and Newman Guide Colleges. And I do have to tell you, one year in the early part of this century, one of our Seton grads was the number one graduate from West Point. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's a, tr- a yeah. tremendous honor to just get into West Point. To graduate near the top of your class is incredible. And this guy was number one in the whole class. So anyhow, if you're interested to learn more about Seton, check out their website at www.seatonhome.org for information about the program. And there's a you'll see a little beginner's guide there. So if you go through the beginner's guide, uh, and then they give you a little code and you decide to enroll. The code is a coupon code and you get a little break. So it's a nice thing to do. Now, Mary Ellen, why don't you introduce our topic? Yeah. Okay. So we have, Ginny and I seem to run in these circles lately where we're talking to a lot of admissions directors and a lot of college presidents and, and college professors. And the only complaint they ever seem to have with homeschool students, and they they love homeschool students um, because they think well and they, they're creative and they're not afraid to give their opinion and you know raise their hand in class. There's so many positives. The one thing that they've asked us to tell homeschool moms to work on is time management time management, completing assignments in a timely manner, submitting applications and paperwork on time. Um, admissions directors will not chase after your kids to get you know the, the forms filled in a timely manner. They don't have time for that. And homeschool kids seem to drop the ball on that. Um, or if they get admitted to college, they get there and their papers are days late and they come to the professor and they say, well, you know, I was busy or I had this or I had that. And by and large, just, you know, a college professor does not care what your problem is. Not even a little bit. No, they will not- take your money for that class. They will flunk you. And then you are left trying to figure out how to get that class in, you know, for credit that you need to graduate. So. This is something that we hear a lot. And so we need to, we really need to focus on teaching our, our students, particularly those high school students, where it really becomes a, a big deal, um, how to manage their time better, how to submit things on time. And that means moms, we have to actually give them deadlines and enforce those see, deadlines. This is what the problem is. And it's sort of baked into the homeschool cake. Even Seton Home Study, which everybody says, oh, wow, it's so hard and it's so terrible, you know, it's so tough to finish but they don't actually give you a deadline for the paper. And it's because of homeschooling. Yeah. It's because, you know, mom might've had a baby and they're taking a couple of weeks off or uh, mom may spread her school year over a you know, different period of time than the September to June that, that public schools use. So we don't have the same types of deadlines. So the kid submits a paper and it's a good paper and he gets a good grade, but he actually wouldn't have gotten that grade in a brick and mortar school because the paper was two weeks late. Right. Yeah. Or we give them so much time, whereas in uh, a brick and mortar high school, you might get a week or 10 days to do a term paper 
or some kind of report. Um, and we just have them start it and work on it till they're finished. <laughs> like, there's no actual deadline. And I myself am guilty of this. Like, I'm not Thank telling you, you all um, anything that I'm doing particularly well, <laughs> but um, because I am kind of a, a hyper-organized uh, well, my husband has many names for it, but let's say control freak. <laughs> um, he has a lot of different phrases for it. Um, I do have a tendency to push people to get things done pretty quickly. Um, but that doesn't mean that there are deadlines. So we have to really be good about time management. So Ginny, how did you plan your days? Like, did you, how did you get kids to get things done kind of in a timely manner? Like when, when um, I know we've used Seton and so they do book reports or they do their research paper, you don't want it to take six weeks or 10 weeks or something like that, which they could, you know, any kid could drag that out. So how did you kind of get them moving? Well, the way I did it, especially for the younger kids, okay. And which is when you're trying to instill these, these good habits, doesn't always work as you know, I would take Seton sends a paper planner along with their lesson plans. Mm-hmm. And I would just write something down like phonics, P1, P2, P3, P4, P5 for the week. That's it, you know, each page. Uh, and I would I would give the, it was just very, very brief. I didn't give any explanation. You could look in the lesson plans for that. And then starting really in first or second grade, they were expected to check off what they had finished. Okay. And sometimes kids, I would, I would tell them, listen, if you want to go to, uh, you know, the botanical gardens on Friday, you've got to finish your work by Thursday. Right. Okay. So you gave them a goal. I gave them a goal. And with the little kids that works, they want to go to the botanical gardens or the zoo or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I said, well, you have to have everything checked off. The other thing they did with that is if they, I don't know, they opened up a page and it was the difference between an objective and a nominative in English. And they didn't know what that meant at all. They had no idea. They were supposed to write mom. That's all. Just write mom on the, on the planner. So I could take a brief look at that planner and tell right away. If, if they needed help, it, it wasn't something I had to go. And, and this is what I think happens. Typically, mom goes to check the English page and just, well, this isn't done. Why didn't you finish it? Right. Yeah. And you didn't, said, well, I didn't get it. it. Yeah. Right. So, so no, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear. I didn't get it. You wrote mom in the lesson plan next to what you had trouble with. And I will help you with it as soon as I see that mom there and I get a minute. So those, the planner I felt really, really worked off, worked well. And even for myself with, um, just household tasks and stuff. Okay, I had a mental planner. I knew what I had to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I do the dishes before we start schoolwork, that type of thing. But then if I had special jobs that had to get done that my husband came up with because he thought I had nothing to do, <laughs> I, actually, I actually had a list. And now, <laughs> years later, I put it on like notes in my telephone. Right, yeah. In those days, in those days, I would just have a list of things that had to get done. You know, the lawn had to be mowed, whatever it was, and check them off as I went. Yeah, I have. I still use my paper planner. I use the notes in the phone, like for when I'm out and about and I think of something or, you know, I'll put a grocery list in there or something. But it's it's right here next to me. And everybody who knows me knows this thing. I gets lugged along with me everywhere I go. Um, so I have that kind of a to do list. But for the kids, I use the uh, the seat and that blank teacher planner, too, for them. I it's funny. You had them right, mom. I have them circle it like big. So I could just like glance at it and know that they were having trouble with it. But I also have um, repercussions at the end of the week. If it's not done, um, then say you're not going to, you're not going to have the pizza on Friday or, you know, whatever this was on the weekend. And call your friends on Saturday till your work is done. Till your work is done. Um, Right now I have a boy, my youngest, um, he's suffering from a very terminal case of 14 year old boy. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's. That's a really rough one. Let me tell you. You know, and I'm old. <laughs> I've been through this three times before and it's just exhausting. Um, and he's, let's say he's not inclined to academics. He's really smart and he's um, always outside. He Just to give you an idea, he, he picked some, um, it's a power washer out of somebody's garbage recently. Like it's a huge one, like almost a commercial kind. Okay. He pulled it out. He bought a few parts with his own money and he's got it running again. Like he spent wow. days, like he's very mechanical. He's very, he would do that all day long and he's going to resell it on Facebook marketplace. He's probably going to make a few hundred dollars, which is great, right? We want to encourage this, but you also have to do your math. <laughs> you also have to do right. your religion and you also have to do these. So when, um, when things aren't done in what I consider a timely manner, you can't work on your projects. You can't go on your Boy Scout camping trip. You can't, you know, do there's things that they have to be repercussions. And I've just had to do that. And I hate to do it. I hate to do it. I hate to take things away, but there have to be repercussions for missing. But in the real world, that's deadline. what happens. Yeah, it is. Well, you're you're not doing a, them any favors by coddling this. We had a business years ago and, uh, my husband hires this guy and the guy was on his phone all the time. And my husband said, no, I'm not paying you to be on your phone. Yeah. Get off your blessed phone. So the, the first day he tells him that, second day he tells him that, third day he fired him. He said, look, he says, I'm, I'm not going to spend my day telling you to get off your phone. You know, I've told you what you have to do. The guy was shocked. Yeah. Be, I guess his mother didn't enforce it's, these kinds of rules. Yeah. And, and you run it. You talk that anytime business owners get together today, they will tell you the same thing that kids kids who now are young adults who are coming into entry, entry level jobs, they honestly don't know that they have to do this or there will be repercussions. Right. I in the real world, there yeah. are. In the real world, you, you may, you're going to love your kids even when they're rotten. You're going to sure. really love them. Okay. But you're not going to hire somebody else's kid that you don't even know and keep them on your payroll and pay them if they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Exactly. I mean, we hate to deprive our kids. We hate to make them unhappy. It kind of breaks your heart sometimes, but this is we are, I, I always say we're not raising children, we're raising adults and they have to function in the real world. And as much as um, I might be soft hearted about my 14 year old surly teenager, but and, and impressed by his creativity and his mechanical ability, you still have to learn how to do math and, and you still have to do your algebra and your religion and, and write your papers and all that kind of stuff. It just has to be done. And we don't have to love everything we do in life. Sure. No, well, listen, you have to work hard. He grew up and related. became a mechanical engineer. Yeah. The fact is, if he worked, you know, job, his, his perfect job, he's going to be great at it. You still got to show up. You got to show up on time. Yeah. Got to do the job they're paying you to do. So that's the first thing I think that we have to do with the kids. And this is more when they're little is set very, very clear goals. So like I say, my goal, you have to finish everything that's in your planner this week or we're not going to the botanical gardens. Right. And that's but, very but, clear and very easy to understand. Right. So it has to be very, very clear. And it also has to be things like, well, if you dawdle on this, we can't take the vacation at the lake in June. Right. It could yeah. be like a long-term goal too. It doesn't yeah. always have to be a short-term goal. I just you know, said it today. I'm not doing math in July. <laughs> you're not doing right. math in July. Get going on this. <laughs> if, you, yeah, if you're not it. caught up in math, then you know we're not going to take two weeks off at Christmas. We're just not going to. Then we're yeah. going to have to work over the Christmas holiday. So this idea of setting clear goals, short-term today goals, this week goals, this semester goals and this year goals all make a whole lot of sense. And they yes. have to have deadlines and they have to know what the deadlines are. Yeah. And and I mean, I think a lot of people don't um, follow through on consequences because it, it's painful and inconvenient for mom. 
yeah. it really is painful and inconvenient for mom because if you're say going to cut your your December break in half because the kids aren't doing their schoolwork or you're going to end up working an extra two weeks at the end of the year and you're exhausted and burnt out um it, it just sounds like, oh, I can't possibly do this. But here's where that you, you have to ask God for the strength and the will. <laughs> and you have to just grab the Blessed Mother and say, please, please pray for me and power through it. Because as much as we hate to face the consequences, it's so important for them to face those consequences. Because it is. the college now, professor is going to make them do it. I will say, though, and I always felt really strongly about this because my husband every so often would threaten. I don't know what he threatened, like I'm going to kill you by slow torture or something. Mm -hmm. Of course, he wasn't going to. And the kids knew that. So it has to be a reasonable you will not you will not be able to go out with your friends on Saturday. That's the consequence. And that's a consequence, a consequence that we can actually do and not feel like, you know, the kid knows we're going to do it. Right. That's yeah. kid knows. You can't you can't say, well, you'll never go to summer camp again. Yeah, because they know they're gonna you're gonna let them go. Right. Yeah, exactly. It has to be something that you can actually follow through on and make happen. Um yeah. and, and it has to be something too that you both agree on that isn't gonna right. make everybody in the house miserable or so you know, like I might not cancel a vacation for right. them, but I might make them bring the books with them. So yeah. that while everybody else is in the lake, you're sitting in the cabin <laughs> doing your homework. Also, sooner rather than later is better. If you tell the kids on Monday that unless they finish this math, they can't go to the movies on Friday night when everybody else is going, Friday night to them is like next century. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. You're better off saying tonight, you know what, buddy, if you don't finish, if you don't finish this work, I'm not going to sit here with you for an hour. We're going to stop. And then tonight when everybody else is watching a TV show. You're going to have to sit at your books after yeah. dinner. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. It's it, breaking up those chunks of time and making them smaller and more manageable. It's yeah. better than this kind of you Plus know. You'll remember. You yeah. have to have post-it notes all over your house. You have a lot of kids. Billy my... can't go to the movies on Friday. You, know, you have to have post-it notes all <laughs> That's over. happened to me where they, they prance out the door and my husband will say, weren't they punished? Oh, darn it. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot about that. Why didn't somebody like say a... something? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. They're going to they're gonna tell you, gee, mom, I'm punished. Can't go. You know. So, you know, setting clear goals with clear consequences, teaching them what's really important, mm-hmm. too. Um, I think that some, some tasks are a lot more important than others. Right. Prioritizing it's, it's a life skill. And you know what, Jenny and I do this too, in our work in Seton, sometimes we get quite a bit of, you know, quite a few tasks handed to us and we'll say, well, what's the priority here? So you're saying that to your boss, even as, as somebody who's been out working for eons now, um, what's the priority here? What do you want me to do first? And it's perfectly reasonable to prioritize for your students and have them ask those kinds of things too. I think it also makes you a great employer, employee someday. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting upset and frustrated by all the tasks that you have to do at your job, you simply say to your your next supervisor, look, this is what you want me to do. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> but in what order would you like me to do it? Right. Yeah. And, and that's and, yeah, great and, life skill. It's a great life skill. And all the employees we know that get frustrated and unhappy because they're just dumping more work on me. Well, there's only seven and a half hours in a work day. What would you like me to do first? Yeah. And and you can start as little as like first grade. Like, what should I do first, mommy? You know, right. what should I do first, mommy? And for me, it was always hit the hard subjects first. It, it's like swallow the frog. If you eat a frog at the beginning of the day, everything else tastes good after that. <laughs> Everything's good. So, you know, for us, it was always math and religion and English were the the kinds of the things that you had. To, yeah, the tough. You had to think through and had to really ponder and they took the longest and science and history and fine arts and things like that tend to be more 
pleasurable and you can you can kind of goof around with them a little bit, do some projects or whatever. So we would do that after lunch or around lunchtime. So it was just a little more relaxed. But for and not everybody's the same way. We're 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 morning people here in this house. So what just get it done in the morning. You might be afternoon people and it's easier for you to do it then. But I that's how I would prioritize the work. And I encourage them to prioritize their work too. Right. Get the hard thing done first. Get the hard thing done first because then the rest of your day will be fun. Yeah. You're right about the eat the frog first type thing. The other thing that I did though is my kids had a list. And I think this is important for those of you with a lot of children or those of you that just even have babies. And you may not be ready to start schoolwork at eight o'clock or 8.30, whatever your start time is, mm -hmm. because you're still changing a diaper or you're still getting the baby dressed or you're chasing the toddler to put them on the potty or whatever it is. Your kids have to know what to do. Right, yeah. If I'm not ready to sit down with you, you can do handwriting, you can do spelling, you can do phonics, the subjects that they know how to do themselves. Mm -hmm. And it could be English. You, each child might be different, but you're not going to sit here waiting for me, buddy. Right. Yeah. That is especially true when you have toddlers who do not conform to your school schedule yeah, at right. all. Who are off oh, it's eight o'clock. Mom, I'll just sit here and play with my toy. Yeah. That doesn't always work out. Yeah. So they, that's, that's a very good point. They have to know what to do and how to keep themselves on task because that's part of time management. Otherwise you might have a, a sick baby that you're carrying around all day and trying to get the baby settled and trying to manage all of these things. And you look up at four o'clock and nobody's done a thing. Right. No. So they have to know what they have to have their own schedule. And my kids knew I never wanted to hear. Well, you weren't here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me that. OK, you can always do handwriting. You can always do spelling. You can always do phonics. Most of them can do math, mm -hmm. at least some math by themselves. Even and I, what I would often tell them is if you can't do that page in math, skip ahead to one you can do. Right. With yeah. doing addition. If you can't if you don't understand multiplication because we haven't gone over it that much. Skip ahead a few pages, find a page you can do. Right, that's really smart. And so a lot of math books have drill sheets in the back. If nothing else, you can practice some, you know, simple math. Sure. Get a couple of drill sheets done or something like that. It's just the idea that they're, they're staying on task with something when mom can't be there because there are going to be times when you can't be there. Maybe your mom is sick or maybe your sister's having a baby or maybe somebody in your parish needs a ride somewhere and somebody calls you. There are emergencies or or minor kind of things where you ha just have to jump and help someone else. You have to know that the kids will stay on task and, and complete their work or at least to the best of their ability. You know, you, we can be a little flexible with that, but I like sometimes they would say, oh, I didn't do this. Why didn't you do it? Well, I didn't understand it. Did you read the directions? And there's right. silence. <laughs> or my <laughs> other favorite was we use Saxon math. And for those that use Saxon math, you know that every day they do addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, fractions, geometry. Mm -hmm. Every day they do. So they would do up to problem 10. And I'd say, well, okay, what happened? I didn't get that one. Well, let's just skip that one and do the rest for crying out loud. What about 11 and 12? <laughs> yeah, do a lot, you know, they, so you'd get, you'd get that sort of stuff. Um, one of the, the tricks, though, I taught my kids with the early math. So most math books have what I used to call the tough stuff in the beginning, mm -hmm. the addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. And then at the end of the book, my kids used to call them the fun pages. That's where they have fractions and they have like geometry or the, or the, yeah. or the you have to identify a square and a circle and a triangle. So the kids would, they would do their daily math and they'd skip ahead and do fun pages that were not assigned to them because then when they got to the end of the book, those were already done. They're already done. Yeah. So they're cutting out, they're cutting out the, uh, the end of the book kind of. Yes. Dragging that was their fun, and, they call, and it was and, kind of fun pages. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually well, those pages really are pretty easy. Them. You have to start, you have to color in a third of the circle or something. They, they looked at that as fun. 
And so they, they would do the fun pages first and they loved that. They absolutely loved it. Well, talking about things we love, <laughs> Seton Hall Study School is our primary sponsor, but we do have other sponsors. We are very, very grateful for them. And we'll just take a moment to listen to one of them. It's great. I think my Seton education really gave me a lot of the truth, um, but it was cool to go into an area where you could dialogue with other people and kind of pursue the truth in a different way than just than receiving it. To learn not only in the class how to be good or, or what is good, <laughs> um, but then to also learn outside the class, learning from, from learning through relationship. I've grown so much as an individual because I can engage not only with the text we read in class, but anything I encounter in the world, I am able to say, okay, uh, this is Hegel talking. I can figure out how to find the truth with people who don't even really know how to dialogue well um, because I've been taught so well how to dialogue in the classroom and outside of the classroom with, with sparring with friends. I'm Anthony Klein, a Seton Home Study School graduate and a junior here at Belmont Abbey's Honors College. The Honors College at Belmont Abbey. To learn more, visit www.bac.edu honors. Thank you very much to our sponsor. We hope that you check out their web website. We are really grateful to the friends of the podcast here. Um, we're really, really grateful to have so many, and uh, we hope that you check them out. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about time management. Um, Ginny and I were saying that so many of our, our good friends at different colleges, um, admissions directors and professors and, and presidents have talked to us about trying to encourage homeschoolers to be better at deadlines and managing their time, because that is the one area they find that homeschool students struggle in. So um, I, I kind of think that helping the teenagers, um, once they get to high school and they're starting to manage um, schoolwork and jobs and a social life, and maybe they have some extracurriculars, they're on a soccer team, or they're doing um, some kind of scouting or something, I find that um, having some apps to help, you know, or some time yeah. management tools, sometimes it's an app. Um, some people, they don't have phones for their children. Other people do, or um, at least a planner, like um, Seton sends a high school planner, a paper planner to all of the high schoolers who are enrolled. It's a, it's a very nice, it's a Catholic planner. It's got all the feast days. It's even got some, um, Seton has college partners. So it has the dates of like their open houses and application deadlines and things like that. Um, so it's very handy for a high school student, but whatever you, however your kid's brain works, I work best with paper. Like I just, because I'm old, I think, and I just like writing things down. Um, but however your kid's brain works, I think providing certain tools to help them stay organized and on time is a worthy investment. Um, so we, we have, what are, I, we have my homework app, the Microsoft to do app, the, my task app. Those are ones that'll help your child with, um, you know, on the computer, it's not even on the phone. They they are actually, you can put them on your desktop or your, your laptop um, that will help with scheduling. They're scheduling apps and they're mostly free. Evernote, OneNote, those come with your Microsoft Word. You know, you can put things in there and, and they can office actually, suite, yeah. yeah, it's in your office suite. So it'll remind them of things. It'll, it'll be a place to store their notes. It's like all this kind of stuff. I actually Maybe use OneNote a lot. Maybe if they grew it up in high school, <laughs> they learn how to do it some, yeah. at some point during their high school career. Now they're gone. Now they're living in Steubenville, a Franciscan, <laughs> Franciscan college. And mommy's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. They'll to have this skill that they've learned. Right, yeah. And they'll, they'll know what to do. I, I remember my college, 
all through college, I used a Blue Sky Academic Planner, which you can still buy, by the way. They're they're much prettier now, but it used to be just like a black notebook kind of a thing. Right. And that's when I started using planners. And I've used one consistently ever since. It's just a habit I got into. And it's a good habit. It keeps me on task writing things down. And now that I get, yeah, I'm getting older and I get a little forgetful. Yes. So I'm constantly writing things down. Um it's, it's an invaluable skill to have, especially in college when they're going to have so much going on. They really are going to be so busy. So it's it's really important to try. Getting into the habit of writing down. I have you know, my restaurant job on Friday. I have to be at work at six o'clock. So I have you know my dentist appointment at four o'clock, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And get into these habits. You want them to start. I, I start them like when they're junior and senior year in high school to start being involved in making those appointments. Like I don't always know your schedule. You know, I don't know your work schedule necessarily three weeks from now. I don't right. know, you know, when the next soccer tournament is or whatever it is. So I need, you need a dental appointment. You need to have a checkup. When are you free? What's a good day? Okay, write it down in your app. You know, my, my kids use a Google calendar. So put it in your app. All right. And we make those appointments together. So by the time they do move on into their adult lives, they can, they can call the dentist, they can call the doctor, they can, they can make all their appointments on their own. That's another skill that people have told me that um, homeschool students aren't very good at is getting on the phone and, and making appointments and, and doing things like that. Because I don't know that, frankly, I don't know the brick and mortar kids are very good at it either. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to lots of people in colleges and not just the Newman guide colleges, just a state school or something. And these kids, they don't know how to put dirty clothes in a machine and push a button. Yeah, that's true. Like they, they lack they, skills. They lack like life skills because what do we tell our children? And, and homeschoolers are guilty of this too, although I think we're better at it because at least our kids are home and see us do things. But these kids, they go to school and we say, well, get good grades and you know, make sure you get a goal at your soccer game today and practice your piano and you know, get your, your badge of Girl Scouts. But we don't teach them like how to put a Lipton soup in the can. <laughs> the directions are right here on the box, honey. All you have to do is read the directions. It's not that tough. But I have heard from many people that college students, the freshmen, they're like kindergartners. Yeah. And we did, we actually did a podcast on that teaching life yep. skills way back a couple of months ago. Um, so if you scroll back in your, wherever you're listening to this, um, there is that teaching life skills to your teenagers because that's an important thing. It's a biggie. It's a biggie. And life skills and part of life skills is team management. It, it, it's being able to, our time management, excuse me. It's being able to know, you know, I haven't had a dentist appointment in six months. I need to get my teeth cleaned. I've had to call the dentist and I know when I'm free. It's not mommy's job anymore. Right. Yeah. Once they, once they kind of graduate high school, I kind of put that on them entirely yeah. because it's, I don't know your schedule anymore. And I have a lot to manage on my own here. You know, I, maybe, maybe as the, the younger ones move on, I'll help them. I don't know. But in a way you're doing your kids a big favor. It's a yeah. big favor for kids to let them learn how to manage their own lives while you're still there as a backup. Yeah. Yeah. True. Cause you're still there as a backup. So that's okay. It's okay to have mom, you know, we all depend on people that we love as backups. Yeah. But but know how to do it yourself is really important. Another thing that we can find is, okay, so you give your kids all these tools, they have their planner, they know what they have to do, but kids get distracted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The new shiny thing, the the anything, anything will distract them, anything at all. And, and, and at yes. this day and age, you know, they get online to look up, you know, the names of the eight planets or something. And then they kind of get moved along because they hear that some football player is dating Taylor Swift or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is a good reason to keep your to keep your electronics in public places where the, you can keep an eye on them. 
You um, thought this would be the one place in the world you would not hear about Travis Kelsey and Taylor <laughs> Swift, and that's it. <laughs> Although by the time this is posted, that might be all over again. That might be all over anyhow. <laughs> There's but a there new song out. So many distractions. <laughs> I think to the, the video games, you know, they don't mean to do it. They're just at lunch and they're just going to play a fast little video game and then the thing has a life of its own. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, time goes like it in a second. I've done it myself. Where you, I, I'm going to look at Instagram during lunch for two minutes, and then it's like an hour later. I'm like, Whoa! Right. What happened? I blinked. I've done it too. <laughs> We've all done it. So one idea that people have they've put this out for like dinners. So people will say, "Well, we have a cell phone basket." So when we sit down to eat, well, everybody, including the parents, put their cell phone in a basket. So we're actually looking at each other and having a conversation and talking as opposed to looking at our phones because yeah. we got a message. Very that's smart. a good idea. It might be a good idea for school time too. It is. Like, I, that's a great idea, actually. They don't need they don't need those blessed phones. No. If you need to make a call or you need to check an appointment or something, you can get up, go to the basket, look at your phone, put it back in the basket and go back to your work. Yeah. But, and and that's cell phones, handheld like switches and gaming, you know, whatever's oh. Um, TV remote controls, hide them, you know, whatever it is, just, it, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have distractions. They shouldn't be, have their headphones on while they're trying to concentrate on writing a term paper. Um, nobody needs music. I, I always found that very distracting. Some kids say it helps them think, I don't know. I just think it's distracting. You want to have music in the background, play like uh, Ginny, you've always talked about, you had a Debussy and other. The kids have beautiful... played Debussy's piano etudes, no right. lyrics. You can't have anything with lyrics. Somebody like me, especially, I'm an auditory learner. Mm. So, for example, if I'm lost, I'm not sure where I'm going in the car, I tell everybody, you have to be quiet now. <laughs> like, somehow them talking will mean the street that where I have to make the right won't show up. Right. I'm very distracted by sound and other people are as well. So if you want to have quiet, a little piano playing in the background, but no lyrics mm -hmm. of yeah. any type and frankly, nothing exciting. No, Not nothing even, that's going to get you jazzed up. <laughs> nothing that's going to get you thinking about like uh, the Nutcracker Suite is beautiful. It doesn't have lyrics. But now you might be thinking in your mind of that ballerina prancing across. Right. You don't want that. That's a distraction. So it has to be something that's not going to bring up any other thoughts except this book that I'm writing the book analysis on. Right. Yeah. No show tunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And so then, what's the next thing? Uh, well, certainly we should review. At, yeah. the, at, the, at the end of the week or whatever, we should be looking at what the kids were supposed to get done and did they get it done and go over it with them. Like, what was the issue with math this week? You finished everything else. Why didn't you finish math? Right. And and there might actually be a very good reason. There might actually be some, some you know, the computer died or the program, you know, or I lost the book or something like that. Um, so you have to address those. But if you let it go two or three weeks then can you imagine being three weeks behind in Saxon? I mean, yeah, just go back to kindergarten. <laughs> just, no kidding. Well, it I, also teaches the kids. So for example, you said they lost the book. Well, what are we doing? How are we storing our books that you lost one? Yeah, yeah. So that, that also helps us problem solve that, okay, obviously this just dumping the books in, on, the, on the table in your bedroom is not working. Mm -hmm. But now we have to change it. We have to get a bookshelf or whatever it is, a book cabinet, I don't care book bag, whatever, but we have to address this problem. And the only way you do that is review. Like, why did you fall behind? Right. Yes. And and then you work through and, and make a plan for catching up and right. getting on target, you know, and, and whatever mom says is the target is the target. It's not negotiable. If I think that you should have this much work done by Friday or next week or this date, 
then that's when you're going to have it done. And it that means that sometimes you have to work in the evening or you have to dedicate a Saturday morning to it. You know, high school kids around the world work in the evenings and Saturday mornings and nobody has burst into flame and died. You know, right. we have not heard any of death by doing schoolwork on Saturday mornings. So you my can do it. thing was we cleaned Saturday mornings. That was our non-negotiable. We clean the house on Saturday mornings. That's when we actually vacuum and we dust the moldings and all that sort of stuff. So if you couldn't be there on Saturday morning for whatever reason, you had to, then you had to do it on Friday night, period. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. That's your smart. job is the upstairs bathroom and the, the back bedroom or something. Do it on Friday night if you can't do it on Saturday morning, but it's non-negotiable. It has to be done. Yeah. And I think so, so many parents are afraid to be non-negotiable these days. Like I, I, I do not remember my parents being negotiators. <laughs> not I mean, those days, honey. Till the day I moved out, which was at 26 when I got married, <laughs> what they said went, it was their house. I was living there. It was <laughs> whatever you want, mom. Okay. Yes, of course, yep. mom. Yeah. It's it just that you're not, a, you're not there to be their negotiator. You're not there to be their friend or their pal. You're there to teach them how to do these specific things in life to make them successful, um, enable them to live God's will for them, yeah. you know, and, and God is, he's a God of truth and order and beauty, not chaos and laziness, or excuses, excuses. Or excuses. Right. Yeah. You know, so uh, go read the old Testament and see what God thought of people's excuses. <laughs> he wasn't a fan. So, so we have to, we have to really encourage these kinds of behaviors that are going to put them on the true path where God wants them to be. And that's, yeah. that's the most important thing. So. And, and so the younger kids, we've been, we did a lot of talk with the younger kids and they have their planner and they can write mom and they can check things off. But high school kids, the issue with them is very often they can't really be at that dining room table anymore with everybody right. else. Yeah, it is distracting. It's it's distracting for them from mom teaching nouns for the 15, 15th time. Yeah. So very often, most of us will allow our kids to go into their bedrooms or into another room or dad's study or whatever and work on things. And like, I have to say the, the six kids that I homeschooled right through high school, they were really good kids. I They weren't bad. They weren't going on. Well, I didn't have the internet as much in those days, but it's not like they were going to look at bad sites on the internet or something. But I can remember my one daughter hadn't gotten something done. And I asked her why not. She was reading Sense and Sensibility. Right. So it's hard to criticize, right? I mean, but that's, that's a time management thing. But yes, it's, but it's hard a time management thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Exactly. It is. So she wasn't doing anything bad. Very often, I had a couple that I think really sort of were playing me because they were huge helps around the house. Mm. They would be the ones that would do the lunch dishes without asking or pick the baby up and change the diaper. And this, so they would be this immense help to me, but they weren't doing their schoolwork. Right. So, and they thought they could get a free pass. Well, I'm helping you. I'm helping you. That's why I didn't get it done today. I helped you. I helped right. you. <laughs> so, so you do get some of that. So what I found worked best, and this was trial and error. I don't know how my oldest daughter made it. And she's the loveliest person on earth. <laughs> all the kids say, Ma, you put all your eggs in her basket. But I didn't really. I should have case. Um, what I found was what I called the daily appointment. And what the way it usually worked is I had a lot of kids and I had babies and I had little kids. I was a Nazi about naps. Mm-hmm. After lunch, my kids took naps, period, amen. I don't want to hear it. Now, when they hit four or five years old and they really don't need a nap, then you have to do quiet time. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, right up until they really rebelled against it. Yeah, but, I know, um, until puberty. <laughs> but before puberty, you have to have quiet time. So I, I was very strict about that. And during that time, so that was usually after lunch. In fact, it was always after lunch. It wasn't usually. 
Uh, that's when I would have an appointment and it was an actual appointment. So the 10th grader I'm going to meet with at one o'clock and the uh, 11th grader I'm going to meet with at 145 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we would go over the work that they were supposed to do. And it was a short, sometimes it wasn't even a 45 minute appointment. It was 20 minutes or something. But I would tell them, if you finished working on your, your book analysis, you can't get out of it. Don't exit it. It has to be minimized on the bottom of your screen so we can just click on it, pull it up, and I get to see what you've done. And if I don't like what you've done, I would maybe in red type in some suggestions for tomorrow or whatever it is. Um, same thing with, with math. I wanted to make sure math was corrected and foreign language. Math and foreign language are the two things that kids can't work on as projects. Right. Yeah, that's true. That has to be done absolutely every day and it has to be corrected every day. Yes, because you will just carry those mistakes forward, forward, forward if it's not nipped in the bud right away. Especially like block scheduling. Yeah. A lot of parents like block scheduling. Well, you can do that with history, I think. You can do it with English. You can do it with science. Cannot do it with foreign language or math. Those have to be done daily. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose those skills, too. If you if right. you just spend two months doing all of your math and then you don't do math again for a year, you're not going to remember that math. Yeah, and the same they're not. Yeah. You, can't, you can't do it. So those have to be corrected absolutely every day. And then very often I'd let the kids correct it themselves. And I said, well, okay, what was the problem with this? And then we'd go back because God knows I'm no math genius. It was really tough. But I would go back to that part of the book and we would go over what had been taught. I mean, these things are taught in the book. I don't have to know. So we'd go back to that page that taught sine, cosine and tangent or whatever it was. And we would go through through it again. Um, And then I would set very clear expectations for tomorrow's work. Yes. This is what I want to see done before our appointment tomorrow, period. And this is the kind of thing that we talk about a lot is that homeschooling your children is hard work for mom. It's an actual job. Like you do have to sit down and do stuff with them. And certain subjects need to actually be taught. So math needs to be taught. English grammar needs to be taught. Foreign language needs to be taught. They can teach themselves a lot of things. And history, you can hand them the book and, and maybe lesson plans or a timeline or whatever. They read it themselves. Yeah, right? you can give them some um, historical fiction and literature to go along with it and make it much more enjoyable. They can really do a lot of that on their own, whatever program you use. Um, but certain things really need the intervention of mom or dad to sit down and teach and go over the directions because it's not it's not a natural thing to absorb diagramming sentences or writing a term paper or, you know, sine and cosine and all that stuff. You have to teach it. And this is where I think some uh, people get a little bit fouled up is because we've uh, homeschooling has gotten this reputation of everybody should be done by noon and it should be easy and it should be, you know, um, enjoyable and uh, this wonderful, warm and wonderful experience. And it should be all of those things, but you also have to do the work. <laughs> like it really is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And uh, Ginny and I both get asked all the time, well, how can I, how can I not have to do this with my kid? <laughs> right. And that's really what the question is. Sometimes they'll say other things, but the question is, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? Yeah. You can't, you can't get out of it. You In have the books to- I read, kids just absorb this. Do you ever notice homeschooling books like mom is sitting there reading to them and they're all sitting on the floor around her and that's how they learn calculus. (laughs) If only it were that easy. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, And the other thing that that I'd like, and we're talking about time management here, we should talk about time commitments. The fact is, if you are in high school, and it is true, kindergarten kids can be done in an hour a day or- Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fourth grade, they can be done in the morning. Absolutely no question about it. You start hitting junior high school, it takes a little bit longer. 
But high school, high school has to take at least an hour per subject per day. It does. Not that you're going to, if you're taking vocabulary, that won't take you an hour, but maybe the 20 minutes extra from vocabulary you have to throw into your math. The fact is that nobody is going to finish high school in two hours a day. And if they are finishing it, you either have a genius or you're not giving your kid a good education. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about some of the uh, more prestigious high schools, Um, you know, and not that we always want to model things after, you know, a, a brick and mortar school, but those kids do 45, 50 minute classes you know, per class. And then come home seven. with an hour of homework. Yeah, six or class, seven classes something. in a day and then come yeah. home with an hour or, you know, 45 minutes worth of work for most of those classes. So now I, I happen to think that's way too much, but you should at least be doing 45, 50 minutes, an hour a day per class. And that includes doing the work assigned and maybe studying, reviewing what you've learned because there's going to be a test or a paper to write or some kind of review. And it doesn't include reading the novel. Right. It no, that, that's, that's reading like an the afternoon, evening, weekend. Right. Kind of a it thing. doesn't include yeah. reading War and Peace. Well, you know, I can't do anything else this week because I'm reading War and Peace. No, you, yeah. that, that's what you do at night. And and there's nothing wrong with that. This notion that homeschool kids should be just like free as birds to run around <laughs> the trees in the afternoon. That's not an education. It's not. You really do have to work at education. You have to work at learning certain things. There's certain skills you just have to work at. And um I know it's exhausting and nobody wants to work hard. I mean, I can I can absolutely see like what your daughter said. I was reading Sense and Sensibility. I get lost in books all the time. And I to force myself to put like I'll pick up a book at lunchtime or flip through a magazine. But I love to pick up a book at lunchtime and just while I'm eating my salad, I'll read a book. I have to force myself to put down that book if it's a good book to get on with the rest of the day and do my work and wait until everything's done in the evening and read before I go to bed. Um, it's it's really hard for me because I love to read and I, and and people have struggled with different things that they love to do. Maybe they're into a Netflix show or they're really into this game they like to play or they're working on a project outside or right. Yeah, you want to work on a sport. And it's it's about discipline. It's about order. It's about um, commitment. It's about obedience. And these things all have to be taught and learned and reinforced constantly. And yes, it's exhausting, mom and dad. It's awful, <laughs> but you just have to keep at it. It's really important. Well, really, let me really important. say, though, that just to give a little hope here. <laughs> <laughs> Can um, you tell I've had a week, man? <laughs> as as somebody <laughs> whose kids are gone now, you know, all my kids are gone. They're all married. They're all, uh, they were remarkably successful. Yes. Yeah. You have, your very, kids very are successful. really very successful kids. They are top tier. They were very successful in college. They they, they, they all made honor roll or uh, one of them, magna cum laude and summa cum laude. And they all did really, really well. They were all great employees, even employees as teenagers when they just had restaurant jobs or a couple of them worked for a dentist, that sort of thing. They did very, very well. And so the rewards are terrific if you can see it through to the end. Yeah, it's worth the work. It really is it's worth, worth the work. Yeah, it's worth the work. That's what I'm trying to say here, you know, in my own stupid way. It is It is worth it. The efforts that you put in now will show remarkable uh, success as, as they're raising their own kids. Yeah. Yeah, so to, to recap, we're going to, for our kids, set clear goals, prioritize, teach them how to prioritize and to create their own schedule give them some tools to make them successful, reduce their distractions, review with them at the end of the week or whenever, beginning of the week, whenever you think is appropriate, what they've done and what they have to accomplish and provide some accountability. 
for them so that there are consequences to missed deadlines and unfinished work and that kind of thing. And it's um, their consequence, not the family's consequence. Right. <laughs> Provide for them, make it a little bit painful for them to try to wiggle out of the work there. And yeah. that that's how you teach time management. And I, their admissions directors and their employers and all of that will, will just think you're the best mom and dad ever if you can manage <laughs> to do this for the kids, right? <laughs> you will. Well, listen, we'd like to uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Mary Ellen and I talk about it all the time. We are shocked at how well we've been accepted into, uh, I don't know what you call this, the podcast community or something. Uh, We've done very, very well. Please, if you enjoyed this, if you felt it was worthwhile, if it helped you some way, go and, uh, you know, subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm old. I have no idea where that might be, but wherever it is, (laughs) please go and subscribe. And uh, give us that like little five-star rating and tell your friends. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, We try to respond. And if you have any ideas, gee, why aren't you talking about this or that? Please send us your ideas. We'd love to address them in the future. And uh, we want to thank our team at Seton Home Study, uh, Jason and Jim, and uh, they've just been fabulous. Thank you. Robin, yeah, thank you. Robin, Robin, to only forget Robin. Couldn't do this without them. So we are grateful to them. And go check out seatonhome.org for all of your homeschooling needs. And we will see you at the podcast next Wednesday. In the meantime, happy homeschooling. God bless. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Seton Home Study School. Seton Home Study School is a nationally accredited, faithfully Catholic, private distant learning school that serves students from pre-K through 12th grade. There are currently 17,000 homeschool students enrolled in Seton Home Study School and many, many more who use their books and materials, including several small Catholic schools. Since 1983, Seton Home Study School has faithfully served the homeschool community in the United States and all over the world. Please check out their website, seatonhome.org, for more information. And thank you, Seton Home Study School, for sponsoring the podcast, The Stay-at-Home Schooling Moms.